Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcast Network. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder. And I'm your host, Keith Wee Cleveland. Welcome to October, the spookiest month of the year. And this has been the spookiest of, of many years in, in recent memory. So it's going to be a spooky October. I'm I'm almost positive about that, because what else can we be positive on during these strange times? How are you doing, Keith? It's been it's been a minute since we've we've had an episode together. I am doing well, trying to keep my head above water and all the stuff going on in the world right now. But luckily, there's more entertainment out there than we could ever ask for because it's 2020. So I'm doing okay. Well, since it is the start of a new month, it seems fitting to do a brief recap of the last month before we get into to everything else that happened this week. So, September, at least for me, was a month of anticipation as Microsoft and Sony continually postured back and forth in an informational arms race where details about the next generation of consoles were slowly wrung out from the depths of the internet, and many of us were frantically clicking refresh on various sites attempting to get a coveted pre-order for the machines that resemble a small fridge and a tall router. And after price point competitions, technical specs, launch titles, and upgrade paths for certain games were tossed around in a flurry of tweets and confusion, Things have mostly settled down, and now most of us are just waiting patiently for November to come and to ceremoniously move old dead consoles out for the next-gen ones. However, even though Sony and Microsoft have emptied their chambers for the time being, Nintendo is still out here silently making moves and making plays for an even wider audience of gamers out there. And while I haven't stopped playing Super Giants Hades on my Switch since it launched a couple weeks ago, I've taken my eyes away just long enough to look at Nintendo's latest additions to two of the biggest franchises. So, first off, we got a look at the Crown Tundra DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield, the second season, as it were, and follow-up to the Isle of Armor. The Crown Tundra takes us to the Tetetular location, and instead of being martial arts students, we are deputized adventurers heading into Pokemon Dens to find out more information about the mysterious nature of Dynamaxing, because you, you have to have the story elements there, you know? Um, and then, furthermore, uh, every single legendary Pokemon from all of the mainline games in the franchise is coming back in the Crown Tundra. Apparently, that's where they chill, pun intended. And there's also a special Galarian Star Tournament where you get to team up with a character from the series and a special double tournament against two other characters. And you get to see some more character interactions between folks, and that's pretty exciting. They also announced some Pokemon Home News, which is the database where you can put your Pokemon in and grab them out later. Uh not as invested in that because I don't have old generations of Pokemon that I've kept in storage, but I'm sure someone is very excited about all of that. And yeah, all of this is coming on October 22nd. That's when the Crown Tundra is open to anyone who has the DLC pass. 
and if you want to get involved in the world of Pokemon but haven't started yet, uh, Sword and Shield are getting an expansion bundle on November 6th, so that's very exciting. And in other Switch-related fun time news, uh, the newest Super Smash Bros. character crashed Twitter this week. Not, not actually, but it was comical that the exact moment that Sakurai announced that Minecraft Steve and Alex would be joining the fray, Twitter did go down for a couple minutes. Um, probably unrelated, still funny. Um, Sakurai gave a short presentation where he very tiredly explained how Nintendo asked him to put Minecraft into the game, and he did so because he is a wizard who is obligated to do these magical things, so... He gave a demonstration of the characters and also showed off some of his own Minecraft creations type stuff, which you can find on land, and while I'm not personally overjoyed by this announcement, uh, Minecraft is an incredibly popular game for a reason, and I'm sure this was the surge of sales for Nintendo, because um, it's Minecraft, it's the Switch, you know that there are children who'll be sort of like, I can play Minecraft and Smash now? It's gonna be great for them. I'm excited for them. So, the characters are still in development, but usually when they announce the character, it usually comes pretty soon. So, that that's sort of the big gaming news from Nintendo this week. So, that's pretty refreshing, to be honest, to see that we're getting news from Nintendo because the past two months of all gaming news have pretty much been monopolized or dualopolized by Sony and Microsoft, pretty much. So, I'm glad to see Nintendo. As I said on this as I said on this podcast many times, Nintendo is my heart. It was my gateway into gaming, and that's where like a good eighty percent of my gaming experience throughout my entire life has been focused through some kind of a Nintendo format whatsoever. As far as Pokemon goes, yay, more DLCs, more opportunities to go back into Sword and Shield and play that some more. But I will be totally honest: the only thing I really want is my Blaze to come back. Please, just 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 make that happen, somebody. Like. That's what I really, really want. Like, I will go through the entire game with just my Blaziken and just for the fun of it to see and to get those new experiences. I just want it. That's all. We're not going to make any hot wing jokes. We're not going to make any We're not going to make any jokes by eating Pokemon because they traumatize me and you all love to see me squirm, but no. I'm I'm mostly excited about the fact that every single legendary Pokemon seems to be coming back. I'm not sure if we're just going to be able to catch them or if we're going to have to go through the hoops of, like, the Dynamax rating system, which is, like, a cool thing in concept, but it's also, like, my least favorite part of the Sword and Shield thing, or just sort of, like... Very annoying. You have to either get people or just gamble with the computer AI, and the computer AI has this nasty habit of putting out magic corps with you every single time. And honestly, that magic corp is not the worst Pokemon you could get, but, like... The fact that, like, that is even an option is sort of sad. Um, but there are some really great Pokemon, and I'm thinking mostly of the uh, the Regis, because um, I love Registeel, I love Regiice. Uh, Regirock's alright, but those were, like, some of my favorite, like, design-wise characters, and there's a lot of, like, cool stuff associated with them, so... Yeah, I I like having a reason to turn back a game that I just sort of put down. So I think when Isle of Armor came out, I finished that campaign in like eight hours. And then like I played the game for like a couple more days afterwards. And then I was like, I'm done. And I was happy. It was content. And I anticipate it's going to be the same with the Crown Tundra, but it's still going to be a good time. And yeah, I like I like Pokemon a lot. So. As we all do. Do you play Smash? 
I've played Smash in the past. I have not recently, despite owning a Switch. I've watched a lot of people play Smash, but I realize that fighting games aren't quite my forte because I'm more of a button masher, and that does not really help anything whatsoever because my friends are the opposite of that, which means that they beat me pretty much nine times out of ten. That tenth time is glorious, but nine times that I have to lose nine times to get to that point. So I haven't played Smash in a bit. My roommates have and everything, and I've watched them, and it looks very fun. And I see how the game is advanced and all that, and I like how there are so many more characters involved now that kind of encompass all of, like, not just Nintendo, but, like, gaming in general, as we alluded to with the whole Minecraft thing and everything. But I gotta remember, like, it's for the kids. They get to have fun with it and play and combine, like, their love of Minecraft with their love of, like, hitting somebody in the head with a baseball bat in Smash. It's all fun and games. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Smash. Saying Smash is for the kids is a fun sentence to think about in parts because a lot of the, the people I know just have, like, are, are our age, which is, like, they love Smash and they love playing it because it's, it's a surprisingly in-depth fighting game with a lot of, like, mechanics and a lot of, like, fighter variety and, like, frame data and, like, the the analysis that the fandom goes to in order to like figure out the best traps the best fighters is always fascinating but at the same time it is also a party game at its core which is sort of like yeah let me be minecraft steve let me throw buckets of lava and magma everywhere and let's have a good time so yeah, and just to clarify, by no means is it exclusively made for kids, no. But they are included in this, and there are some kid elements to it. But like you said, you make, you get what you put into it, essentially. Like, even I've seen that when it comes to people, like, playing with every single character and every combination possible to see who works best for them. And Smash, along with most other fighting games, falls into that category. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited about this, and I doubt this is going to be the last Smash update that we have anytime soon because we're not getting a new nintendo system for a while which means they have to keep going back and updating their tried and true properties like smash brothers so fingers crossed don't see what we get next well, so maybe we can get blaze maybe we can get blaze in there maybe we we have four more characters in this fighting pass dlc that that was released so we have we have a lot of options to go into and yet minecraft is probably one of the most popular games in the world right now and like they just had a recent update that apparently did really well i don't follow minecraft closely but this was a calculated move that probably made lots of people lots of money speaking of capitalism (laughs) oh maybe after the break And we're back to examine capitalism like we do pretty much every episode here. It's often the case that the more innovative of us create simply because we have the desire to do so, and at least it's fulfilled. But the other side of that coin is that people often end up making things that no one wants simply because they can. It's kind of one of the fundamental laws of science and innovation in general. And then, of course, there's always the financial motivations that power our capitalist society, which is another motivating factor. That appears to have been the case this week as we gave a whole lot of stuff that no one asked for. Firstly... We got word that Barry Jenkins would be producing a sequel to the live-action, quote-unquote, Lion King remake. To be fair, the first one did make more than $1.5 billion in the box office. That's with a B. But reviews for the film were very, very mixed, and the film itself was pretty mediocre. Not bad, but again, mediocre, to say the least. With a star-studded cast that included the likes of Donald Glover, Beyonce with an accent over the E, Seth Rogen, James Earl Jones, and many, many more. We just kind of expected a better showing out of that. Even though we already seen the story, we kind of wanted some more cool stuff to happen there. Also, lions with no facial expressions are really hard to relate to. I digress, though. (laughs) 
But I guess the money is the motivation as Disney is going back to that well once again. As of now, details are sparse, but speculation is that at least part of the film, if not the entire thing, will have prequel elements as one confirmed detail that it will include Mufasa's origin story. What about the origin story? I have no idea. I'm totally fine accepting the fact that he was born, he had a kid, and he died. But hey, we'll see what they've been coming up with. In more news we didn't ask for, James Cameron revealed that the Avatar 2 is finally done filming and Avatar 3 is about 95% done. Keep in mind, we're supposed to get a grand total of five Avatar films, including the one that came out all the way in 2009, about blue cat people that made all the money in the world. Avatar was a great experience, but after 11 years, the fanfare has noticeably kind of trailed off a bit, and that's being generous. For now, expect to see Avatar 2 sometime in December 2022, and Avatar 3 will go into post-production immediately afterwards. Lastly, if you're looking forward to not only playing as Miles Morales on the PS5 later this year, but also re-experiencing the latest Spider-Man video game, you may have to get used to a slight adjustment. And by slight, I mean they completely changed Peter Parker's face to, quote, get a better match to Peter Parker slash Spider-Man actor Yuri Lowenthal's facial capture. Which coincidentally happens to look eerily like Tom Holland, but in a way that seems very, very off-putting when you look at game footage. So again, these are all changes that no one asked for, especially with the whole, like, four Avatar sequels. But we're getting them nonetheless. So I'm very curious, Mikhail, which of these are you either looking the most forward to or the least forward to? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll work my way from the bottom up as is convention. So, as, as far as the, the redesign to Spider-Man, I don't pretend to know what happens in game development land, and I don't pretend to know the shenaniganery that happens when it comes to, like, recreating things in new engines and, like, trying to get a better fidelity there. It is drawing. I'm not going to lie about that. I have not play the original i've seen it been played and the game looked fantastic then and the new uh miles morales game looks incredible and it's gonna be one of the first things i pop into my my playstation 5 for sure so i i'm i wasn't attached to the original design so like i can't say i'm upset about the new redesign so like that's the thing that's there sure did you say avatar came out in 2009 Okay, so so this this is what I will say. I remember watching Avatar on like the biggest IMAX screen that we could reasonably drive to in IMAX 3D, and I remember being completely enthralled by the visual experience that was watching Avatar on that format. Like that that was immersive, that looked beautiful, it was great. I remember watching it on like a standard television many years later or maybe a year later at this point time is meaningless and being sort of like oh this is this is not a good movie it just looked really pretty when it was when it was like that big and like it made a lot of money because IMAX 3D was at a premium back then and that's how that's how this thing works but like it was worth watching in theaters and it was a cool experience I don't, I, I can't name a character in that film. The only one that I can name is Jake Sully because they said it a lot in the movie. But like, I think that's about it. Not the same thing here. Like, great experience of a movie, but it's Fern Gully and Pocahontas with blue people and that's literally all the plot is. Nothing innovative about that at all except for the visual spectacle it is. Just... So now we get four more movies of that. So, so like, 
I don't, I don't know. Like we've gone from the film coming out and people having to go to therapy because they wanted to spend all their time in the world of the movie set in and couldn't. They were disappointed by that. To now, most of us can't actually name three characters in this film, which is saying a lot for a movie that made almost $3 billion. Okay, so so th- this is what I'll I'll say to the effect of this, which is sort of like the lesson from Avatar should have been sort of like if you make something visually engaging, we will go see it. Not the lesson of we want unobtainium in Pandora and the complicated, not so complicated geopolitical spectrum that exists with blue people who commune with plants via their hair tail things. I don't... It's a lot. So, like, and, and like, the best the best comparison I can give uh, for this in, like, a 2020-specific context is that at the start of the quarantine season, everyone I know watched The Tiger King because we all thought it was like, oh, it's the weekend, we'll watch this, and, like, everything will be fine the next week. But then because we all watched The Tiger King, because we thought that, like, what else is there to do, we are now getting so many spinoffs of The Tiger King, including one starring Nicolas Cage, and it's just sort of like, this was not the takeaway that you, you should have gotten from our actions. I wish it wasn't. But it, it was, and that's that's the thing. And, yeah, as far as Lion King goes, that, that's just the mouse trying to make bank. I'm not going to fault the mouse for trying to make bank, because that is what the mouse does. It wants bank, and it will get bank. <sighs> Tiger yeah. King. We made Carol Baskin a celebrity, and I will never let that go. <laughs> uh, what a weird year. What a weird Very weird year. year. But now, when it comes to all this stuff going on, like... Um, when it comes to the Lion King, when I just knew his first draft, I'm like, why are we making more? Like, is it going to be Lion King 2? Which, again, I appreciate that film and the animated movie, but, like, that story wasn't necessarily warranting of, a, like, a live-action remake anyway. Nothing about a more live-action Lion King is really justified in my mind. Sure, we get to bring this cast back together to try and do it again, but if they are doing a prequel, that means we don't get to have a lot of the cast here. So I'm like, what's what, what's happening here? Are we just trying to, like, make a billion dollars again because we can? <laughs> That's Which is actually Disney's whole method. I mean, actually. yes. Th- that is the exact reasoning yes, right there. And they surely will, too. Um, like, also, I, don't, I give them all the credit. They're going to make a billion dollars from this. Also, I still I still look at the phrase live-action lying and I'm sort of like, this is just CGI and this is... The... It's a trick. Terminology matters, y'all. <laughs> Terminology yes. matters. Say what you mean. Now, if they filmed this with actual lions, this would be a different conversation. But let's let, let, let's pivot to things that I think more of us asked for, and rightfully so. Um, so, uh, the big, big announcement from this week came from Deadline, as they announced that Iman Valani has been cast as Miss Marvel for the MCU's uh, Disney Plus TV contingent. And this is the most exciting news that we've had in a while um because miss marvel is such a fantastic character a pakistani american hero based in new jersey who becomes a hero because they're a fan of captain marvel and they get superpowers via shenaniganery as is often the case in comet um but it's just really really exciting to like see the face and like 
Iman Vellani is a newcomer to, like, the actor scene. Like, she hasn't been in a lot of stuff right now. So, like, we ha- essentially have a blank slate uh, for a person. And this is sort of, like, the best possible scenario in my head that we have someone who we don't have preconceptions for taking on this role of this iconic character. And she's going to make it her own, and that's just really, really exciting. And, like, this is going to be, like, the first on-screen Muslim hero we have on, on TV screens, at least from Marvel. I'm not going not gonna to make sure that that is entirely factual, but... um, And, like, the fact that Kamala Khan is also going to be included in future Marvel films, according to Feige, is also really exciting. And, like, this comes as sort of, like, the last of like the major Disney plus MCU announcements because we had the WandaVision trailer which we talked about last episode uh Falcon and Winter Soldiers coming out eventually <laughs> eventually uh Tatiana Maslany is getting to be She-Hulk um so that's exciting Samuel L. Jackson is gonna be Nick Fury in space also something we talked about last episode and we're also sort of like sure we'll we'll watch it it's there and yeah, the Disney Plus series are really the only things we're going to get for a little bit because it feels like all of the MCU, like, proper mainline films have been delayed to the indefinite future because, you know, there's a plague going on right now. And, like, The Eternals, uh, Shang-Chi, uh, the Black Widow movie, just, just a litany of movies just, like, infinitely delayed. This is apparently, like, the first year that we haven't had an MCU movie in, like, a decade, and that's a weird thing to think about. But this casting of Miss Marvel is really exciting. I'm excited to see what Amani Valani does with the role, um... And I'm excited for almost all of the the Disney Plus stuff that is coming out in the future. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just echo all the sentiments you just raised. Like representation, as we said on this show many, many times, is very important. People should be able to look at the, like the heights of what we do and see themselves, or at least the role for themselves being represented there. That's a very powerful experience to have. Um, shout out to Mom Valani being cast in this role, and also for once, I'm going to go ahead and give kudos to those involved with this film because. Whenever it's time to cast a new role, I'm always one of the people saying, like, go find someone who we haven't seen yet for a variety of reasons, which, yes, is more work on their part, which is why they often don't do it. But if they do it and it works, it is the best payoff in the world. Like Mikhail said, the person they cast who isn't as known doesn't come with preconceived notions. But also, when we live in a world where we're trying to find more diverse representative faces, you're not always going to find those. We don't want to circulate the same five or ten people of color in these roles because that's all that you have. Let's ask some new people to those populations and to those like, those rooms and just keep that going. And keep Make this a trend, right? So if this works, I think this could definitely be a new wave for sure, and I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm still very, very excited about Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I think that may tie back to like my comic book origins, being that black Captain America, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Black Cap, is one of my favorite comic book characters ever. Like, he... It's a very short run for like Captain America slash Sam Wilson, but, like, that period right there is one of my favorite runs of any character ever for so many reasons. Like, it happened around the time that President Obama was still president, so there were a lot of pulls from there, but also, like, around the time where the rest of the country was just not coming around to realize that, like, oh, hey, we have race issues. And, like, that... Those stories often reflected on those as well and everything. So that's something that I hope we can turn to in this Falcon and Soldier series because they can. And I still have mixed feelings about it being Anthony Mackie. But, hey, we got what we got, right? (laughs) So I'm excited about that. 
But WandaVision, I still don't know where to wrap my head around that because I wasn't here last week. You all talked about that. That's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, it might lead to some crazy speculation as far as like House of M events or maybe the introduction of mutants as a result. Or who knows what may come from that series, actually. Because we got to get the X-Men in somehow, right? And then Sam, Nick Fury getting his own show. I'm cool with that. As long as we don't try and make him like run anymore like we did in Captain Marvel because his age especially showed in those scenes. Maybe this is me being nitpicky. But yes, all of the MCU has been pushed back to the not immediate future. But it gives something to look forward to, you know? Hey, think about the future. We may get there. And I, I also do want to give a big shout out to Marvel right now because out of the things that they are doing, like they've they've cornered like the teen superhero market in a way that dc hasn't because with miss marvel like particularly she's one of the most iconic like teen superheroes we could have ever asked for and yeah having her get her own series in this day and age is is really is really awesome and i'm looking forward to that and i wish i wish we had some teen dc superheroes because i'm i'm a dc at heart like right same that's been said time and time again and i have a i have a contentious relationship with dc at times but like i still still go back to superman and batman whenever i feel down um yeah i have those statues right in my office and they watch over me but um yeah marvel does does good things too like comics are good comics are good and joyful and they provide something worthwhile out there into the world so if we can keep getting them i will keep reading them and keep watching them so but yeah that brings that brings us a wrap to like the big the big big announcements and with that folks per usual we can't get to everything that happened in nerd news throughout the week so we're going to go ahead and head to our lighting round which gives you a quick punch by punch summary of some things we think you should know going into the next week so for this week we have Jamie Foxx is reportedly in talks of being offered the wonderful gift of re-portraying Electro in the MCU after he took on the role in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, and that might be part of nothing, something no one asked for, but that's I'll digress again. Um, Disney Plus has introduced a watch party feature just in time for Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Mikhail's beloved Cobra Kai will be returning with Season 3 this upcoming January, and Season 4 is misconfirmed. No mercy! Okay. <laughs> Moving on. A documentary called The Orange Years will be coming out on demand November 17th to explore the early days of Nickelodeon and give us all the nostalgia fix we need to get through the rest of this year. And lastly, Milestone Comics has crossed a major milestone, ha ha ha, and is now available for digital purchase. And if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at BlackNerdProblems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. I am your host, Nicole Snyder. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe, everywhere listen to podcasts, and tell a friend about the show. All right, folks, enjoy your week. Catch you next time.